0: Welcome to Pro's Tinted Glasses.
1: I'm Katie. I'm Bailey. And we have watched Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, so that you don't have to.
0: And I have a beer, because
1: it's the only <laughs> way I'm
0: making it through this discussion.
1: Oh my god, why didn't you tell me you had a beer beforehand? I could have gotten a beer. I'm so unprepared. It's not too late. We can edit out the wait for you to go get a beer. <laughs> okay, okay, hang on, hang on.
0: Okay, I got a white claw. Okay, now we're ready. Not much um, better. To be clear, we didn't want
1: to do this in particular. Yeah, no. Um, I sent Bailey a Twitter message and I was like, hey, should we do a Fantastic Beast episode? And she sent back the puking emoji. But then the word yes. And I feel like that really sums up our whole vibe about this event. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely
0: covered, I think briefly we've talked about it when we Did our first episode with Harry Potter, and then obviously with the continued things, um, it's pretty clear that Harry Potter is no longer really something that we invest a lot of effort in or feel very connected to, but it is still um, a thing that is happening, which I think is the best that can be said for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, still a a thing that is happening, still a big fandom thing, and I think it's a really interesting opportunity to examine, like, the destruction of a fandom. Um, which we'll get into more, not necessarily like specifically as a topic, but I have a couple of things to say that I think relate to how the fandom is devolving, that I think is kind of interesting. Yes. It's
0: yeah. Fantastic Beasts is a whole thing that just like is beyond just fandom and like Mm -hmm. just everything. I know when my partner and I went to see a movie and there was a preview, he was like, oh my gosh, are you excited for that? And I said, in probably the nastiest tone I could muster, and not at him, and not on purpose, but just viscerally, just like, no! And he <laughs> he was kind of like,
1: oh, there's like a promise I'll tell you after the movie. <laughs> but it's like a whole thing. <laughs> I also remember I saw the first full-length trailer for Secrets of Dumbledore before The Batman, which I was very excited to see The Batman. And The Batman is famously a three-hour-long movie. And I remember texting you afterwards, I was like, I feel like the trailer for Fantastic Beasts felt longer than the entire movie of the Batman, which is is how painful it was to me. Because the Batman movie was so long, like established three hour.
0: I swear to God, it was a liminal space. Like, I have never felt like I've been in a movie theater as long. No, I take that back. I saw uh, Batman versus Superman. And that was the longest movie experience of my life. (laughs) But, I mean, I enjoyed the Batman. It was just really long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, we're getting off track, which is not surprising for us. Um, No, not at all. I guess the first thing we're going to kind of start with is that uh, we do not condone or support JKR or other TERFs. She's transphobic. There is no two ways about this. You cannot argue with us. You cannot argue with anybody. She is transphobic.
1: Yeah. I just think it's important for us to, you know, we said it in our in our original Harry Potter episode. We're going to say it anytime we bring up Harry Potter. We do not support her. We do not support. Honestly, I felt bad buying a ticket to this movie. I, I would have just snuck in. The only thing that stopped me from doing it is because I knew I probably would have gotten a shitty seat. Then there were only like 16 people in my theater. So I should have just done that anyway. But we, we don't support her. You know what stopped me from sneaking in? What's that? Catholic guilt. I could not
0: break <laughs> a rule like that. And right after Easter, never. It was
1: actually on Easter Monday. Yeah. So anyway, um, we do not condone that. We don't support her. We don't like supporting Harry Potter as a franchise and through any official channel. Um, you know, any I try and limit any spending that could somehow get back to J.K. Rowling's grubby little hands. This is the only thing I can think of that I've purchased with uh that is actually
0: a licensed product in probably since she first masked off, which was the standing with Maya thing in twenty nineteen so
1: yeah i I was surprised at how recent it was, like I feel like we have been stuck in this discourse for like a decade but it it was only in december of 2019 when she she went mask off and then she posted her stupid little turf wars essay in like mid 2020 it's the pandemic time warp
0: i think yeah because we've all been like i mean we were chronically online prior to that but like the pandemic Mm -hmm. really chronically put us online in, in a whole different way so um
1: that is a whole thing yeah, in anyway, you get it. We don't like her. We don't approve of her. We don't support her. Um, it, It's just kind of a byproduct of, like, still engaging in fandom generally, not even the Harry Potter fandom that we have decided to do this. But yes. We'll move on for now.
0: Unfortunately, moving on is a Nether, uh deep sigh kind of moment because we want to mention that Ezra Miller is a is a thing that it there's a lot going on with them. Ezra is not in a good spot by all appearances.
1: Yeah, did you see that? They got arrested again in Hawaii today. Like they were Wait, arrested again in Hawaii, again? like again again. Like they were arrested like 2 weeks ago or whatever when this first discourse started, but they were arrested again today. Well, and they had a restraining order filed against them in the wake of
0: the first arrest for their harassment at the are and so i just yeah and as you said like
1: ezra is also supposed to be playing the flash so there's gonna be yeah. a whole thing it's with a, that it's a deep blow to me personally this is affecting the flash and like the dc universe in general but anyway um we're not here to like comment specifically on ezra miller they are definitely going through a lot they should definitely uh seek some sort of counseling or help I think even, like, aside from the fact that this franchise is a dumpster fire as is, and aside from the fact that J.K. Rowling is terrible, like, maybe Ezra should not be a part of the franchise anymore if it does continue.
0: Yeah, and this is especially because, you know, they made the decision to pull Johnny Depp and replace him with Mads Mikkelsen for his issues in the press related to his personal life. And so what is the choice that they're going to make with Ezra Miller here? Like, what is the studio's decision going to be related to them? Because this keeps happening. This is similarly bad press to what Johnny Depp went through. Yeah. I Like, I don't know. that. That's a, a whole speculation conversation about the franchise that, like, doesn't even touch on the the movie part, which is what we're really here to talk about. We just wanted to get the nasty specifics out of the way.
1: Yeah. So you know it basically this franchise is cursed in lots of different ways and with that being said we're going to move into just our our spoiler warning which are which we are remembering to have yes um, <laughs> spoilers for all of the fantastic beast movies but most especially the newest one but also i encourage you to just listen to the spoilers instead of going to see it right uh, I think that is the quickest
0: spoiler: is that yeah, don't go see this fucking movie. Do not go see it, as they say on, as they say on the Shrieking Shack. To uh, paraphrase a little bit here, please see another
1: movie. Please see another movie. Also, listen to the Shrieking Shack. Yes. Okay, so uh, we're gonna dive in by starting with the movies in order. So we're gonna recap the first Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. The original attempt at re-jumpstarting the Harry Potter universe. So just a very quick recap of that film. Newt arrives in New York City with his case full of creatures. Some hijinks ensue and he switches cases with Nomad Jacob Kowalski. Um, Tina Goldstein arrests him because she's trying to get her more important job back at the Magical Congress of the United States or MACUSA. Uh, Tina, Newt, Jacob, and Tina's sister, Queenie, get into some shenanigans and some hijinks, trying to get all the animals that escaped the case back. Tina and Newt were going to be executed at one point, but they got away. Meanwhile, there's this other Auror named Percival Graves who's just being sketchy all over the place. He's trying to get Ezra Miller to help him find an Obscurial and is promising that Ezra Miller can be a wizard if he helps um, Graves... Thinks Credence fails and is a dick to Credence, by the way, Credence is Ezra Miller. You've been using them interchangeably. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Credence uh, is revealed to be the Obscurial. Uh, The gang tries to contain the Obscurial thing while Graves tries to get him back under his spell and Makuza tries to kill him. There's also some sort of plot about like a muggle senator or congressman. I do not like I watched this movie yesterday and I don't know anything about that subplot. Uh, Makusa goes hey maybe Graves is bad and then surprise Graves is actually Grindelwald and specifically Johnny Depp as Grindelwald and then Newt saves the day by obliviating an entire city with his big fancy bird and then Jacob has to forget everything which is sad but then Jacob gets his bakery that probably made no sense I was like <laughs> writing um, recap points like after I watched the movie
0: I don't know about that to be fair, everything about this entire franchise could be summarized, in my opinion, with nothing makes sense. We put this subplot here. Have fun with it. It will never come back up.
1: Okay. To be f- to be fair, though, this m- the first movie was pretty charming. I, I was pretty uh, pleased with it. No, I was going to say, like, I actually did enjoy
0: the first movie when it came out. This was, uh, it was 2016. It was pre-Harry
1: Potter being, like, really that bad because mm-hmm. of J.K.R., It was well before her mask came fully off. Like, back then, her worst sins that we knew about were, like, the cultural insensitivity of Ilfer Morney's whole deal. Also insisting that characters count as his representation because she, like, mentioned that they were... She, like, mentioned they were gay or Jewish, but, like, after the books and it didn't say anything in the books. Whatever. Um, Also, can, can never forget her needlessly adding Potter lore, especially about pooping on the floor. And then, like, whatever The curse Child was. But, like, that was the good old days when those were her only public sins. And we were very excited
0: for this franchise. And in to be fair, it really lived up to that sort of, like, excitement. It was, like, a lot more whimsical. It was fun. There was one very important thing that existed in this movie, and that was the Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, There really was a focus on, like, these new beasts that Newt was... Uh, like bringing in and introducing and using to help him solve it, and so I mean, I I really honestly didn't think this one was that bad. Um, I my my summary thoughts were basically like, honestly, this one is fun and fine. I never hated it. It had beast intrigue and comic re- comedic relief.
1: Yeah, agreed, a hundred percent. It was charming. It was whimsical. Newt was very cute. Um. A lot of the characters I thought were good. Like, Tina was fine. Queenie rocks. Jacob is extremely good. Um, I liked Colin Farrell a lot as just, like, this menacing dude. Right. I I actually thought that uh, the Credence plot, like, the red herrings revolving him, was, was pretty well done. And, like, the relationship between Credence and Graves was really great. It was, like, menacing and predatory, but also, like, really believable with how much credence like wanted a father figure and how betrayed he felt when graves like kind of turned on him
0: yeah i agree like that i actually bought the plots in this and the first time i watched it i remember being like surprised by the red herrings
1: mm-hmm. and uh which is a, a deep a deep difference from we'll get to it but the last film but uh, I also thought that the obscurial stuff was very interesting and also like retroactively in- interesting because I remember like the fandom collectively realizing like, oh, this is what Ariana Dumbledore was, even though I don't think it was stated until maybe even this most recent movie, if not the previous one, but definitely not the first one.
0: Ariana was like not referenced in any of this stuff in the, in the original. I don't think it was until number three.
1: Anyway, uh, this was- it- this was cute. It should have been... A one-off movie, or if it was going to be a franchise, it should have been a franchise that was just Newton and his pals running around with their cute little Fantastic Beasts. It's been much better. Yeah, again, like it, it was
0: good because it had it managed to maintain that like lighthearted, but still had like a, a an actual plot. Um, so I I don't think there's a whole lot to say about it. Like, if they had left it here, I would have been like, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been remembered, like, fairly fondly. I feel like almost it gets a worse rap than it needs to because the second film was such a mess. And then, you know, follow that up with J.K.R. being J.K.R. And, like, I was really pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed rewatching the first one. I don't think I will rewatch it again anytime soon, if ever. But um, how do you keep finding toys? Yeah, I
0: remember... My friend Aaron and I were in London and it was our final day. We Our flights from Edinburgh got back like super late and we had plans to go out in the city, but it was like day 11 of traveling and it was super late and we had a very early flight and we're like, never mind. Uh, we're just going to drink these big wines that the hotel gave us for free because they could tell we had a bad day and this pack of Oreos. And so we laid on the bed and watched like the first Fantastic Beasts. And it was great. Like, I remember thinking, like, gosh, this was like a good movie. This is enjoyable. And it was right before Crimes of Grindelwald came out in
1: 2018.
0: Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So it was like, a, uh, like this recap. And I was like, heck yeah. Like, this is good timing. I get to remember what I thought about it. Yeah. So, um, In the U.S., it came out on 16 November 2018, and we traveled in September of 2018. So it was like, we knew this was coming out. We knew how close it was, and we were super excited. So with that, I think we should move into Crimes of Grindelwald, which I will start by saying my first summary point is this movie made me never want to watch a Fantastic Beasts movie again. So to your point, it took away all of that enjoyment from the first movie.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm going to try and do a really quick recap of this one. Bailey, please interrupt me. I'm going to skip a bunch of the notes I wrote down because it's just super long. And honestly, it just like having a super long synopsis is just a function of this movie being all the fuck over the place. Yeah, it's convoluted as fuck. I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to go as fast as I can. We're just going to get through this. Okay, are you ready? Grindelwald, he was in custody, but he escapes. We meet uh, Leta Lestrange and Newt's brother, Theseus. Um, Newt really wants to keep traveling for his magic stuff, but the Ministry is ma- of Magic is like, no. Uh, Credence, revealed to be alive after the Obscurial exploded. Grindelwald is in, ca- in Paris. He kills a baby. We're going to probably go back to that pun, because I do want you to roast me for it. Jude Law Dumbledore reveal. He tries to recruit Newt because he can't move against Grindelwald himself. Um, Queenie and Jacob visit Newt. Uh, Jacob has sorry. Queenie has charmed Jacob to want to marry her because they're not allowed to get married because he's a Muggle and the U.S. is bigoted. Uh, Anyway, Jacob's like, we can't get married. You'll be put in danger. Queenie runs off to go after her sister in Paris. Newt and Jacob decide to follow the sisters to Paris. Um, Credence is hanging out at a circus with a human woman who is revealed to later be Voldemort's snake de- Nagini. They escape the circus. Um, some dude appears and he's creepy and he's looking for Credence. He and Tina it like makes it seem like they're going to work together but then actually he kidnaps her. Jacob and Newt find her being kidnapped by them. They He kidnaps them as well but then they all escape laughably quickly. Um, Cesius and his Ministry friends go to Hogwarts, where Dumbledore is teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. I hate this retcon. Also, McGonagall is there eight years before she's been born. Uh, they are asking Dumbledore to fight Grindelwald, but he can't. So they ban him from teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. Queenie can't find Tina, and Grindelwald's followers find her and like manipulate her by being like, Oh, it sure, it's a shame you can't marry your muggle. No, oh, well, it's because they're in charge, not Grindelwald. But they let her go. Uh, it's revealed that Nicholas Flamel, well, I guess we knew at this point that Nicholas Flamel was alive, but we see Nicholas Flamel. He's just a, an old dude. Yeah, like we get the backs, like we get the, oh my gosh, Dumbledore was
0: like, kn- knew him and he's here and he has the stone still, blah, 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 because it's not until later that the stone gets moved to Hogwarts. And you all know that story.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Newt and Tina break into the French ministry to try and find proof of who Credence is. Lita Lestrange is also there looking for proof that her brother is dead. Um, Okay, this is the most convoluted plot part, and it was, like, told entirely through exposition, which makes it feel even more complicated. So I'm going to slow down a little bit to try and explain this. The creepy guy who kidnapped Tina earlier, his name is Yusuf, he thinks... So his mom was kidnapped by Lita Lestrange's dad, and his mom and Daddy Lestrange produced Lita Lestrange, uh, and the mom died in childbirth. And then Lita Lestrange's dad married again and produced a baby boy. And Yusuf thinks that this baby boy is Credence. He swore to kill the only person that Daddy Lestrange loved. He was going to kill Lita, but then it turns out Daddy Lestrange did not love Lita because fuck women. Um. So. Yusuf has been trying to hunt down this baby boy and daddy Lestrange tried to hide the baby boy in America um, and was like taken, the The baby was taken to a ship to America and Lita was there and they're like nanny or whatever. But then what happened on the ship is that the baby was crying a fuck ton. And so Lita swapped him with another baby and then the brother drowned, but the other baby survived and the other baby was Credence. Did that make any fucking sense? It
0: makes sense because, like, it has to, but it doesn't actually make sense because they wrote a horrible plot. That doesn't make sense.
1: And it makes even less sense later when we find out Credence really is. But anyway, so that's, like, the whole, like, that mystery that was delivered entirely through exposition was, like, the driving force of this movie. And it was revealed two-thirds of the way through entirely through conversation. Very strange. And I remember being fucking
0: bewildered in the theater because i was like i did not follow a lick of this like it doesn't make sense but i hated the movie so much i never looked it up so thank you now it's been what four years and i finally know what happened
1: (laughs) Yes. So that all happens. They determine that Credence is not the person Yusuf is trying to kill. Um, I don't really know what happens after this, but they're all at like a Nazi rally. Well, like the Nazi being like the Grindelwald followers, right? And they're at like this rally where Grindelwald's like, I must save humanity. And he does like this weird hookah where he predicts World War II and like says that he's the only one that can stop World War II. So like canonically... Skullbong. Yeah, a skullbong. So canonically, the heroes of this movie want to... Stop Grindelwald from preventing World War Two, which is just a baffling choice. Um, Credence and Queenie both join Grindelwald. Uh, Lita, oh by the way, Lita was like friends with Andor Newt's girlfriend in, in school, but now she's engaged to his brother. She says "I love you" in the direction of both brothers, and then sacrifices herself. So, don't know what she was there for. Um, it's revealed that Dumbledore had a blood pact with Grindelwald, which conveniently the Niffler has now stolen from Grindelwald, so they give it back to Dumbledore, and that's why Dumbledore can't move against Grindelwald, just because they made a pact. Um, And then at the end, I can't believe I'm going to say this is the most baffling part of this movie after everything we just talked about, but in the most baffling part of this movie, Grindelwald gives Credence a wand and reveals that Credence's real name is Aurelius Dumbledore and that he is Albus Dumbledore's brother. And that is how the movie ends. Again,
0: this movie made me never want to see another fucking Fantastic Beast movie. Like, it was just that infuriating because it's like, there were so many ideas and it was like, let's put them all into one movie and just fuck it up.
1: Mm -hmm. I said this in my, like, comments as I was watching the third movie, but it applies here. It feels like J.K. Rowling took every idea she had ever had about the Wizarding World. And it's like, we have to do them all at once. There will never be another chance to reveal this information. So she just shoves, like, Nagini being a lady that's called a maledictus. Um, You know, she shoves all this Lestrange backstory in that, like, is not useful. Um, It's just, it's just bizarre what she does. And it also, there are multiple moments where it, like, breaks established
0: canon. Like, again, You post on Pottermore about McGonagall's age, and then you release Crimes of Grindelwald, and when people notice, you delete McGonagall's page from Pottermore, so that this Mm -hmm. information isn't there. But do you know what it is? The Wayback
1: Machine. Like, yeah. Like, she had an established birth year, and they just ignore it. Um... Like, not only do they ignore it, but, like, in the books or the movies, I can't remember, but she, like, says she's been teaching at Hogwarts for, like, 40 years or whatever in the 90s. So she started teaching at Hogwarts in the 50s or whatever. So, like, we know the year that she started teaching at Hogwarts, and this is, like, 30 years before that or 20 years before that. It's great. It's great. What? But, like, honestly, J.K. Rowling's biggest weakness, other than being a gross human being, is that it's always been that she's terrible at math.
0: Right, and... Like, it would
1: be okay if
0: it was, like, oh, shoot, you're right. Like, we just thought it would be nostalgic and fun to include uh, McGonagall in this. We screwed up. Canon. Whatever. Have fun with McGonagall. Like, that would have been fine. But instead it was, like, they went back out of their way to be, like, now there's no old canon information for McGonagall just Mm -hmm. so that we can make this work. And, I mean, the other thing is, like, did
1: Dumbledore canonically teach Defense Against the Dark Arts? Uh, not to our knowledge, like, we were, we always knew him as a transfiguration teacher. Um, and so, like, the, like, retcon there is that, oh, well, he originally taught Defense Against the Dark Arts, but then the Ministry banned him from teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts for, I, like, I can't understand why that's a choice that made sense, like, other than just, like, oh, we're, we're punishing you for not fighting Grindelwald for, but, like, this doesn't have anything to do with it. But anyway, so then he has to teach transfiguration. But then also McGonagall
0: is there who is the main transfiguration teacher in future canon. And so they just did that. Like, I do, you know what? It's not worth this level of discussion, genu- genuinely. Like, it's just... Th- this movie is so fucking frustrating because it is... Every idea is slammed together. And then it's like visual effects. One of the things that I always got really mad about with this movie was that they really just did not care about, like, established lore and just were like you know it would look cool if we did that like harry voldemort golden cage battle again because Mm -hmm. magic looks cool and they don't really actually care about like the established lore of how the magic works
1: yeah i totally agree like i i think i can appreciate a little bit of like oh they're adults and they can just do nonverbal magic and stuff like that but like you are just throwing around killing curses, <laughs> right? It's, without it's without just... words, and they're just like little white curses that kill people. Like that's we right. really were taught differently than that. And that's
0: on top of just like as you said already, how absolutely incoherent and convoluted this plot is, and for what? Because the stage that they set is not paying off, which like we'll kind of get to when we get the secrets of Dumbledore. But like they made this huge story, and you're right this whole, like, side kidnapping thing with Yusuf and Leta, Leda sorry. And then she just sacrifices herself, so she's gone. And now we find out in Secrets of Dumbledore that, like, Yusuf is on their side and is now a major player in their plan to take down Grindelwald.
1: Like, what? Well, I'm not sure I would say major player, to be fair, but we'll get there. But yeah, that whole plot was weird. I do want to talk about just, like, some of the stuff, like, the nostalgia of, like, the Hogwarts scenes. um I really liked when Leda was reminiscing and, like, Lita was in Slytherin and Newt was in Hufflepuff, and so in my opinion, the original Slytherin with a Huffle buddy, very cute. Um, but on the other side, it feels honestly so cheap that they just like recycled Lupin's bogart lesson and gave it to Dumbledore. <laughs> but right, I- also that having been said, having been said, uh, Newt's greatest fear being working in an office was very cute, relatable, King. Um, yes. And then I like that Lita's fear was just, like, an ominous singing white cloth because she's, like, riddled with guilt over killing her baby brother.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I agree. it, But those those scenes felt like fan service in the worst way.
1: Yes. Agreed. Like, again, the McGonagall thing. Like, why was she there? Just so we could be like, oh, ha ha, I know that name. Like, it, it served no purpose. It was stupid. And also, like, again, giving Lupin's lesson to Dumbledore, it's like, oh, so like it wasn't even original when like the whole point was that like Lupin was like the best DA teacher they'd had. Whatever. It's plain lazy writing. It's it's callbacks in an
0: uninventive way that are punching you in the face instead of being something that's, you know, noticeable if you're a big fan, type of thing. I again it's fan service in the worst way because it's not subtle. It doesn't make sense, but it still does hit that little nostalgic button, like, just a little bit. Still, (laughs) oh, yeah, cool. Like, I love Hogwarts, blah, blah, blah. So on one hand, I get it, but on the other, the the way it fits into the story, the way it works, it just doesn't work. Especially combined Mm -hmm. with all the other things that don't work.
1: Yeah, and you want to know, like, the worst part is I actually thought a lot of the Lestrange backstory was... It would have been interesting if it had been explored. Instead, it was just kind of like shoved into the film in like the worst way. Like, Lita Lestrange was like a fairly interesting character. It was interesting that she had loved Newt and was now engaged to Theseus. It was interesting that like they had to navigate like trying to be friends again. Also, the best line in the film was like towards the end when Newt is like, Oh, Lita, like you can still be redeemed. And she goes, Oh, Newt, you never met a monster you couldn't love. Which is, like, his whole deal. It was perfect. It was really good. Um, And then her, like, saying I love you to both brothers. All of that stuff was very interesting. And it was just, like, an afterthought. (laughs) So that we could have, like, all this weird shit. There's so much that happens in the movie that we don't get to spend
0: adequate time with the, yeah, the interesting parts. Or what could have been interesting parts of the movie. Because instead, we have to watch Johnny Depp smoke a skull bomb. And mm-hmm. tell everybody that they're all going to die. I, yeah, I The shoehorning of the allegory to the wars is just too fucking, too fucking much. Which yeah. I think is something I really got very focused on with movie three thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm. I, t- I do still have a few more things I want to t- touch on mm. on movie two, though. I wasn't ready um, to move. I was just saying I think okay. like, that part bugs me. It does. It's terrible. Um, my favorite Reddit comment from like the official discussion for this movie in the movie subreddit was, the top-level comment was, I was expecting more crimes and more Grindelwald. And then the, the reply comment to that was, and also more Fantastic Beasts and more Finding Them. And if that doesn't just sum up the movie. Yes, that was one of my big reactions. was The beasts
0: are gone. The charm of the beasts are gone. Like If the Fantastic beast I wouldn't put them on my fantasy team. They don't get the ice time. Like mm-hmm. they get an occasional assist for Newt, like basically, but they're not. They're not ranking. I'm not picking them. They're not there. I just your whole franchise. Well, I mean, they're they're changing that now, but like your franchise ostensibly is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and you you forgot them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's so good. I also like. The change in scope of this in kind of multiple directions was so wild. Like in the first movie, Credence was like blowing shit up and like being an obscurial and being a menace all over New York. And in this shit, in this movie, he just like running around with a snake lady trying to find his mom. Like his motivations are so wildly different in a way that like does not make sense to me. It's his sad boy era. It really is a sad boy era. I mean, that's all I can say for that. Let me see if there's anything else before I get to, like, my last point that I want to make that is bad. Okay. I don't really have anything else to say, except that the part at the Grindelwald rally where he's talking about, like, muggles are not lesser to us. They're just other than us. That whole speech sounds very uncomfortably close to J.K.R.'s turf rhetoric. Like, Yeah. Trans women are are fine. They're just not women. Like that's what J.K. Rowling sounds like.
0: Yeah, she's like they can do whatever they want, just as long as I don't have to see, hear, or be around it in any way.
1: Yeah, I I like I really I didn't like that. It made me feel bad. I mean, no. I, like I know that Grindelwald's the villain. Like Grindelwald is clearly the villain, but also like he's the one trying to stop World War Two. So is he really the villain? Like he is, but like yeah. like all the choices that she has made around him are bad.
0: Yeah, this isn't even morally gray. It's just bad writing. It's just confusing. Yeah, it's just (laughs) bad. (sighs) I do think there is one thing that kind of jumps into book three, and I don't know if this is the best place to bring it up or not, but, like,
1: Nagini never comes back. Yeah, also, first of all, the whole Nagini thing so fucked up in the first place. Like, oh, you remember that were Voldemort carried around? Turns out she's a human woman. Not just that, but, like, a canonic
0: woman of color.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that Voldemort keeps as a pet.
0: Um yeah, uh so just just all bad and then is not referenced
1: at all in 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 movie 3. Yeah, so it's like there's the bad choice between like bringing her back and trying to like flesh her out and like justify her being Voldemort's pet or there's the bad decision to like have brought up this fact and then never talk about her again. Like it just she played almost no part in the last movie other than for jk rowling to be like look at this um and then for her to just have disappeared now is extra bad i hate i hate everything right and that's that's what it feels like though that it's
0: very typical of the franchise to like get feedback that this was bad and instead of in any way addressing it just hope we all forget it that it will never come back up again because there's too many dead end plot points anyway so if they just never talk about the Nagini thing again, then they won't have to admit that maybe it wasn't, like, a good choice in any respect. I don't know. So this is, this is book, this is movie three, not a book. This is not a book. It doesn't deserve print.
1: So we have moved on to Fantastic Beasts, the Secret of Dumbledore, Secrets of Dumbledore. Um. Uh, okay, we're going to do our best to to walk you through this. The the first thing I would like to say, though, the funniest thing about this movie is that the entire plot to it leaked like six months ago and it was like extremely accurate. It was so accurate. Um, So that was very funny to me that they just like let that happen. And I didn't read the leak because I just frankly did not
0: care. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have any idea like um, what happened. I just went in blind, which frankly... I don't think it made any fucking difference to my enjoyment of this movie.
1: Okay, so anyway, be warned. We're just going to spoil the whole movie for you now. Uh, I will once again attempt to give a recap that makes any fucking sense. Good luck! I would take it from you, but I don't want to. (laughs) It's, It's fair. So, Dumbledore meets Grindelwald for tea... And he does explicitly say, Dumbledore says the words, I was in love with you to Grindelwald. So, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into analysis here. But I do feel like this whole movie, they're like, see, they're saying the word love a lot. So you have to believe that they loved each other. Too little too late. As opposed to, like, developing the relationship at all. Okay, moving on. Then Grindelwald has gone, like, totally mask off he just wants to like kill all the muggles all of a sudden like last movie he was like oh we can coexist with them but like we're better this this one he's like i want to kill all of them
0: he is explicitly running on a platform of i am starting a war with muggles
1: yeah which is not what he was saying last time interesting interesting uh credence is suddenly very good at magic which already doesn't make sense but then later on it's revealed that it has been just over a year since the first movie so it makes less sense. Also, his hair is really long now. I'm sorry. I'm commentating too much. I'm just going to recap. I'm just going to- Do you want
0: Do it, you want right? me to take over? Do you want me to try this?
1: If you want to, you are welcome to. Okay. So
0: then Newt goes and gets his brother and is like, you gotta come with me, bro. Just kidding. Oh, I'm commenting already. <laughs> it's hard, right? It's hard. I have so much to say. Newt and his brother go to meet Dumbledore in the Hogshead, um- and they get recruited to help Dumbledore because Dumbledore cannot directly move against Grindelwald due to this blood pact. They bring in Professor Lally Hicks, um, Yusuf Kama comes back, and uh, Lally gets Jacob Kulowski to rejoin, uh, which is good c- comment. Um, so then they all are sent their separate ways under the guise of, like, Grindelwald can sort of see the future, but... If they all have separate plans and none of them know all the plans, it will be impossible for him to know what's happening because they don't know. He can't see the future if there's so many futures. So Yusuf goes in as a spy. Um, The rest of them go to Berlin. And they are going around for the International Confederation of Wizards. There's an election going on. And um, basically, the German Minister of Magic, whatever choice name they have for him the equivalent of Minister of Magic is like, yeah, so we should let him legitimately have a chance so that when we beat him, everyone will be like, never mind, we don't support Grindelwald Um, Lally and Theseus uh, Jacob and Newt are at this like original rally, Newt is trying to deliver a message, it fails Theseus gets arrested Jacob tries to start a fight he does this continually Um, Theseus is Then taken to some, like, supposedly defunct prison, Dumbledore shows up out of nowhere and provides a bunch of, like, MacGuffins so that they can get him out of prison, and Newt goes, and with the help of his little creatures and some very quirky Newt things, he rescues his brother, they get out of prison, they meet Jacob and Lally, who were just at the, like, candidates' dinner for the ICW, where uh, Queenie was there, and... Jacob threatened to kill Grindelwald with his fake wand that Dumbledore gave him. Meanwhile, there's an actual assassination attempt made on one of the other candidates for the ICW. They all escape via a book port key that Lally keeps with her. They meet back up. Yusuf is still over there being a little uh, fake acolyte of Grindelwald. Credence is being weird and creepy and writing fog messages on the mirror to Aberforth Dumbledore ariana's part portrait is in a lot of scenes but she never says anything or moves yeah
1: i noticed that she does not move and i was like that's like that's like the whole deal with wizard portraits they yep move. anyway anyway sidetracked they all get together in
0: bhutan where the election for the supreme Mugwump of the icw is is happening oh my god did we even talk about the chilean anyway this we did not <laughs> that's when Credence gets really good at magic is that he defeats Newt in a little mini wizard duel to capture this newborn Chilean, which is a magical creature that can supposedly see if you are pure of heart and is often used to indicate who you should choose as a leader. Unbeknownst to Credence and his little friends, the Chilean had twins. So Newt actually has like one Chilean and Grindwald has the other, which he immediately murders in the very beginning of the film because he can get its its uh, talent for precognition. But then he Grindwald then resurrects the Chilean and he takes it to this election in Bhutan because he is going to use this resurrected creature beast that he has control over to make it bow in front of him indicating that he is the pure and right choice the german minister of magic it is unclear if he's like fully in on the fact that this chilean is like not alive until the very end but there's a mix-up where they make a bunch of cases which is a callback to the first movie about jacob and newt switching cases but the actual chilean is in one case that at the, in the very nick of time gets delivered in order to prove that Grindelwald is wrong. Everyone pulls their wands. He tries to kill Grindelwald, specifically tries to kill Credence. Aberforth and, um, Albus both send a protection spell, which blocks the killing spell. Grindelwald escapes. Aberforth takes Credence home. Queenie and Jacob are reunited. Queenie regrets joining Grindelwald. And, um...
1: Then we have, like, a cute little happy marriage scene. Did we reveal that Credence is Aberforth's son?
0: No, I got distracted because I'm going to be honest, this movie is is not as convoluted as the last one, but still, like, a lot of things
1: happen. Yeah, so, like, that's the whole thing, is that Credence is not Albus and Aberforth's brother. He's Aberforth's illegitimate son. So he is a Dumbledore, but just not the Dumbledore that um, that Grindelwald told him he was. So that's why Aberforth takes him home. It's also why they're like, communicating through the mirror, although I have more to say about that later. But anyway. Yeah, I was
0: just trying, I would, like, it was getting really hard not to editorialize, like, this summary, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I did okay with keeping it yeah. short, but again, like, there's just a lot that happens, and we have a lot of reactions. I mean, I feel like this is going to quickly become the bulk of the episode 43 minutes in without editing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like we're basically just going to go through the summary again, but this time with our editorializations. Um, So now hopefully you kind of understand what's happening, and now we can talk about it. Yay. (sighs) Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. My Uber driver was like, oh, what
0: did you see? Because he like, picked me up at the movie theater, right? It's a pretty common question. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I saw the new Secrets of Dumbledore. And he was like, well, was it good? And I said, well, it was better than the second, which is like a bar that is in the fucking ground. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Take from that what you will. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I guess taking it from the top-ish. Um, in the beginning... So again, why is Creedence so good at magic? I can't get over it. Also, that whole scene where they were rescuing the baby deer or trying to uh it was so fucking visually dark like i could not see a single thing that was happening yeah it just it was like really i
0: don't know i thought it was gonna be like another like cute happy newt is returning to his beast scene and i was like quickly disappointed he cast a shield charm that credence like immediately destroys using like little flaming fire bits and i'm like that's
1: that doesn't track It does not track, Uh, especially after we learned that it's been barely a year. Um, I'm so mad about that. Because especially, like, I was watching this first scene of them in the forest trying to fight over the baby deer, the chillin', whatever. And I was thinking, like, okay, Credence's hair is really long right now. Like, he's good at magic. Like, I bet it's been, like, four years since the last movie. Like, I bet that's how, like, that's the minimum time that could have passed that I would find Reasonable, and I didn't really expect them to ever address it. I just expected it to be like, okay, like some time passed, and now they're trying to defeat Grindelwald again. And then it was explicitly stated that it had been just over a year since Newt met Jacob. So mad about it. Moving on. Um, the next note that I have is a. Oh, actually, um, the next note that I have is oh no, Aberforth is hot. So apologies there.
0: No, I mean that's just. Yeah, I. I think one of the things that really bugs me is that, like, they've always been portraying Dumbledore as, like, sorry, Albus, as Jude Law is, like, young, hot, snappy dresser. And then, like, what, yes, slightly less than 65 years later, he's, like, a super old, wears flamboyant purple robes guy. That doesn't, to me, that you can't square those things. And it's fine, like, Jude Law is not like, unattractive as this Dumbledore. To me, it's just, it's not in character. Um, And Aberforth Um, isn't a character, so he gets to do
1: what he wants. I guess that's fair. I don't know. I like Jude Law's Dumbledore, and I, I like, uh, in my head, I can rationalize a path to him, like, getting more eccentric as he ages, but, like, obviously there are are issues. Um, But anyway, Aberforth rocks in this movie. uh, But also, he's using, like, He used a magic mirror to spy on Harry in the actual series, like, one time, and suddenly he's the magic mirror guy, and there are- he's, like, always cleaning his mirror, and there are these weird messages appearing on this mirror. And also, like, I am led to believe that he did not know that he had a son, and that he did not know that his son is Credence, and yet he is sending the message, forgive me, to Credence through a mirror. Yeah, I was very confused by that
0: because it's like they make it seem like they don't know that Credence is an illegitimate son, and then they like, yeah. but he's communicating in a way that already indicates
1: not like that not he, only like, like he, knows he's communicating with him like he knows that it is his son, and like the vibe I got is that maybe Aberforth knew that his girlfriend was pregnant at one time, like he or like he thought she could have been pregnant, but that he had no fucking clue what happened to the baby and like certainly did not know it was credence which speaking of that how did how did grindelwald find out and why did he think that credence was albus's brother or was that just a lie and why was it a better lie to tell like why was it better in grindelwald's mind to tell credence that he was albus's brother as opposed to albus's nephew like oh I mean, I guess a little bit, like, oh, your brother doesn't care about you, so you should kill him, is, like, maybe slightly more compelling than, oh, your uncle doesn't care about you, so you should kill him. But, like, not that much, right?
0: No, I just, I, it doesn't make sense to, like, change that plot point up. And in a way, that wasn't surprising to us, because it's presented pretty much from the start to the audience that we know it's Aberforth's son. It, it just, it's another instance of, like, you had... A potentially compelling plot point, and somehow you manage to tell it in a way that is just exhausting to watch.
1: And and also Grindelwald seemingly did not know that Credence was anybody of import during the first movie. Like he was he didn't even know that Credence was an obscurial in the first movie. He was just trying to use him to find the he obscurial. Was, so, he like, was just like an when, easy to manipulate orphan. Like So like when did he find out that he was fucking Dumbledore? I don't I have, i'm mad okay the continuity is terrible uh Yusukama is alive he's there he's now an ally he's just hanging out with the gang he was definitely not an ally in the last movie so i don't but i mean whatever good i guess um like i feel like they kept him around just so it seems like they had more people on the team um and i guess like you know, Tina was not really going to be in this movie because her actress had like COVID issues or something. I don't know the exact story, um, but I think they knew that they weren't going to be able to use her much. Um, so they added Lolly. And I guess they're like, we just need some more people to pad out the numbers. So I guess.
0: Yeah, that's and like, frankly, I did not recognize this character at all, I didn't have any- con- I just was like, "Oh cool, random character that I just like accepted was part of the gang until I read your notes after the show and honestly, same thing for Bunty. I completely forgot about Bunty and she plays
1: an off screen but pivotal role if we oh. didn't mention her in the last one, Bunty is Newt's assistant who's like head over heels in love with him, uh and he yeah. doesn't notice so
0: okay, major pet peeve of this movie is that they they like dialed Newt's like awkward inability to exist around other humans up to a hundred, and like the entire movie, I felt like Eddie Redmayne was like hunched and turned, and like never looking at anybody to a to a level uh, we haven't seen.
1: I don't agree. I think that that I think that that was pretty standard as to. I
0: uh,
1: don't. Maybe it's just because I have not
0: watched the other two. Yeah. In a very long time. That I, like, forgot how awful and awkward they made him. But it was, like, it's, like, painful to watch him interact.
1: Yeah, I I don't have a huge problem with that. I think it's sweet. I like that he's so fucking awkward. I love I loved getting to see him interact a little bit more with his brother, who's, like, normal. And he's, like, like new. I love you, but I just don't fucking understand you at all. I thought that was I curious. am swiveling. Um,
0: yeah. I don't think you are. <laughs> no, I, I really did enjoy that. But I feel like there were some scenes where it was just, like, he was too awkward and i was like gosh dang it i don't buy this
1: That's fair um oh uh they brought back two old minerva mcgonagall again why would they double down on it why I, I don't know i
0: see that's what's nostalgia is all i can think of oh it just oh there was God. no reason
1: like she they could have just had any other character they could have just not had that part they could have just had somebody else tell them that they were letting Grindelwald stand for the election or whatever she told them or that he, he had been like cleared of all charges, whichever thing she was revealing. They could have just read that she did not it have could, to be it there. It could have been like a literal
0: messenger. It could have come by an owl. We would have loved to see owl posts again. Okay. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, you said, oh, what were you owing? Oh, the next point about Lally's accent. It took me at least half the movie to realize that it was, I think, attempting to be transatlantic.
1: Yeah, so my note that I wrote is Lally doing a bad British accent or a bad transatlantic accent. And I, I also agree, I landed on transatlantic accent, and it got better through the film, I think. But like at the beginning, I was like, oh, I didn't realize Jessica Williams was doing a British accent, and I like can't really understand her that well. Um, so I was very confused at the beginning. No, I did the same thing. It took me about half the movie, and finally I was like,
0: oh my gosh, it's supposed to be transatlantic, except it's only certain parts of sentences
1: hmm It was interesting. Also, kind of backing up a little bit to back when they were on the train and they were like, our plan is to have no plan and also too many plans because that's the only way we can confuse Grindelwald. It it really felt like they're like, oh, if we build this into the plot, it will make sense when the plot is all over the place. I thought so too. It just, I, I like honestly kind of almost respect it. Like I almost respect it. But But I think we've talked
0: about this before in books where, like, it's okay for not all of the characters to know all the things that are happening, but it can be very challenging to pull off when the audience also doesn't know what's happening. mm -hmm. And I think that we got a bad play out of the audience doesn't know what's happening. Except the thing is, like, I could tell what was going to happen the whole time. It was immediately obvious as soon as they all took their cases who it was going to be. Yeah,
1: no. Well, first of all, the two things. That were like meant to be these like big moments where the case thing, which there was absolutely no tension during the briefcase shell game, because like you said, clearly none of them had the baby deer, like clearly the baby deer was safe. With Bunty or some other, you know, hijinks thing had ensued. Clearly none of them had the case. I did notice like twice
0: they showed this, like the woman in the green headdress thing, like walking through the crowd, like close by one of them. And I was like, clearly this character is meant to be important to us because we keep seeing her like creeping by in the back of scenes. And it was Bunty the whole time. But because we saw Bunty leave in her cute little tweed and then never saw her again, I was like it's it's Bunty, like she has the Chilean. we know that because otherwise she would be on screen with all these dumb fights, and so the the case shell game didn't work
1: also like when they were grabbing their cases and, like, Jacob went for the one in the middle and Dumbledore was like, not that one, and so then Jacob grabbed another one, and then Newt immediately grabbed the one in the middle because he and, I guess, the audience were supposed to assume that that was the one with the baby deer, and Newt's like, well, that one's mine, I'm the I'm the animals guy. Um, So, like, we were, I guess, meant to think that that was the one with the baby deer, but, like, at no point did I think that any of them had it, except well, for maybe Bunty. That's what I'm saying, is, like, from the moment Newt
0: grabbed that case, I was like, that is clearly not the Baby Deer, except that we're going to be led on this whole time
1: that he has it. Except it didn't fucking work. It, it, At all. Like and I then, said, the, so the uh, the other thing that was, like, a big, supposed to be a big twist was, like, the Yusuf thing where he, like, goes to Grindelwald and he's like, Dumbledore sent me to be a spy, but I'm really going to be a spy for you. And then you're, like, supposed to think, like, oh, is he, like, being a double agent or is he really bad? Then Grindelwald's like, prove your loyalty. And then he shows up and it looks like he's going to betray Theseus and Lolly, and then he doesn't. And there was no tension there because A, nobody here cares about Yusuf. Nobody knows what his deal is. Like, we as the audience do not give a shit about him. And B, at no point did I think for one second that he was going to betray Dumbledore. Right. Well, and his scenes, like, his scenes
0: were just close-ups of him and Grindelwald talking. Like, we never saw him do anything except, like, be told by Grindelwald, like, you're going to betray Dumbledore. And so it just, there like, as you said in the note, there is no tension there. I don't, like, it's hard to believe he'll do something bad when I don't believe he's going to do anything at all.
1: Also, like, he really could have just been removed from the script with, with literally no effect. The only thing he does is he knocks
0: down some of Grindelwald's supporters when they're, like, going to confront Lally and Theseus. And and so, like, you could have done any number of other magical things
1: lolly or theseus easily could have done like you
0: could what have what had a there? beast
1: come in what about a fantastic beast they also could have just not been waiting for him there and have just already crossed the bridge because they weren't waiting for you the only thing i can think of
0: is that they wanted a fun little way to get us an inside view quote-unquote of what grindelwald is doing but like we had queenie and also it's a movie just switch povs
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and also like credence like credence was a main-ish <laughs> pov character like no, not anymore, though. Now he's just there to get yelled at by Grindelwald. You're right. He was He's, like, meant to be a mainish POV right. character, and they just sidelined him even further from the second movie. Right. Okay. It's just, it's really frustrating. And then, um,
0: I, I'm once again skipping ahead in your notes a little bit. But I also thought, like, oh, the room of requirement. This is, like, so that we can all do the Leo DiCaprio once a time upon a time in Hollywood meme. Or were pointing mm-hmm. at the TV like, oh, because oh, the, yeah. there's no reason for the Room of Requirement to be used there. It, it didn't further the plot in any way. Like, they basically got in a spinny portkey thing. Okay,
1: fine. And also, like, I mean, I know, I know that, like, Dumbledore lies and shit, but, like, canonically, Dumbledore about the Room of Requirement was like, oh, yeah, uh, there was a bathroom there one time. I didn't think much of it. Like, why does he know about, why does he just know about the Room of Requirement? I don't know. I don't know. It's he's fine. supposed to be, like, eccentric. I mean, I always took from that that he's, like, eccentric and he's, like,
0: playing it off and that he definitely knows about the room of requirement. But at the same okay. time, it, like, this definitely felt like they just shoved it in there so that we could all be like, the room of requirement, oh my
1: god! Yeah. Um, skipping back a little bit, I did want to talk about the the prison scene where Newt is rescuing Theseus. And, like, them just being really... Contentious, like Big Brother, little weird brother, and like dancing around with the crabs. I thought that was very cute. Oh yeah, the hip. Um, I mean, I
0: made the hip swivel comment earlier. It was very. It, you did I, genuinely a very enjoyable scene in this movie.
1: That's one of the few parts of this movie that like actually brought me joy. Was was them doing their little um, hip gyrations with the crab guys? Yeah. No. Pretty I it, totally
0: that that part was actually good. It was about the beasts. Um, I like that his uh Niffler and. His bow truckle had to come like
1: had help save him mm-hmm agreed very good skipping back forward to kind of where we were where, the, where we were that at the um the election in Bhutan why do wizards have live streaming in the 1930s but don't know what a movie is in the 1990s plot convenience <laughs> like yeah. just full like one of the The one note that I sent Bailey as soon as I got out of the movie, because I was, again, there were only like 20 people in my theater. So I was just taking notes. There was no one around me as I was watching it. And my favorite note that I made other than, oh, no, Aberforth is hot, was every world building decision they made is fucking stupid. And this is one of them where they're just like, we'll just show wizards around the world watching everything that's happening live because, you know, live streaming in the 1930s makes total sense. Yeah, that's... Well, actually, technically, it's 1927. Remember, there's been less than a year since the first movie. But... Well, but isn't it 19... I thought it was 1935, because I read somewhere else that they chose, like, the year before um, the, like, Reich takes over.
0: Okay, I was being So that dramatic. they wouldn't
1: have Nazis.
0: According to the, the Wikipedia, um, the second movie takes place in 1927. And this one does take place in 1932. So it is more than a year between them.
1: So then why did she say that?
0: Because no one that's involved in this has any ability to check for continuity errors. We see it over and over again.
1: All right. All right. Like, it's such a small thing and it's driving me fucking insane. I'm so mad about it. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that's well, that's why I checked the dates originally, because like, yeah, Grindelwald's whole thing was like, this war is coming we need to stop it blah 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 so was like i need to see how far out from the war this was and it's true in 1927 the like socio political climate is very different than the socio political climate in 1932 so it would look very different and so maybe it does make more sense that he skipped straight towards like total annihilation instead of coexistence but like that needed to be potentially like a little more explicit that also does take care of my one comment about the costume like not fitting in with the time frame that I thought it was because I also still thought it was like the late 1920s and I was like they don't look like that at all they do look like 1930s I will give them that like that does make more sense
1: yeah okay well I'm gonna be really mad about that for the rest of my life
0: that's okay I mean I'm gonna be really mad about this movie for a long time
1: also true um also like the whole thing about like electing the supreme mugwump being like this huge fucking deal but like and okay caveat i know that like the main characters in harry potter were children for the majority of the series but like you would think you would hear like arthur and molly being like oh yeah we got to go elect the new supreme mugwump if it was like a wizard worldwide election type of thing that they're having rallies for yeah the only mention it Like, it's just mentioned that Dumbledore, like, was one at one point is the only, like, mention that it gets in the book. And that's, that's, again, it comes back to, like, this is just a bunch of
0: ideas that she had for the universe that she's, like, throwing to a storyboard and and seeing what they'll let stick. And unfortunately, the answer is fucking everything.
1: Mm -hmm. Also, I was really fucking pissed that the baby deer bowed to Dumbledore. Um,
0: I saw it coming, like, when the deer started walking down the first couple steps. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. This... Canonically does not make sense based on the character we know. Like we are shown all of these things.
1: He's shady as fuck. He just he just is. He's shady as fuck. Like, like the thing he is, mostly he mostly has good intentions, but like he's shady as fuck. Right, he knows he
0: didn't do good, and he spends his whole life like trying to make up for that while accidentally still doing bad things in the service of trying to do a good thing overall. And so it's That's like bullshit. It. He's not pure of heart because that's not what this this little uh, chill-in is looking for. I don't... Again, like, all of this is so dumb. It's funny that you said these two, like, these two things. I also took a note um, about, like, pretty much that. And um, then I think... Yeah, that's... I mean, the next one you have... The next one you have is... Um, well, second to next is, like, uh, Who Will Love You Now, Dumbledore? I like almost audibly groaned when that line was said um because number 1 like yeah as you said they say love a lot there's no relationship it's just like who will love you now but also number 2 we have spent half of this movie getting open fucking exposition from Dumbledore about what happened with Ariana and how he feels guilty about it even though there's a whole huge part of the seventh book where we spend revealing this because it's some big secret Dumbledore has kept his whole life but all of a sudden he's just like spilling his heart to newt about it in the upstairs of the hogshead like none of it makes sense and it just I don't buy any emotional impact from the who will love you now Dumbledore line because it's been shoved in our face for so long that Dumbledore thinks no one could love him Like,
1: and the other thing about the whole Dumbledore Grindelwald relationship, and in particular the Blood Pact, is that it takes this thing about Dumbledore that made him a really interesting, really flawed character because in the original series he like he wouldn't move against Grindelwald because he still loved him and he knows that it was the wrong thing to do and he has a lot of guilt over it. And they took this like really interesting aspect to him and they're like but actually he could never move against him because of a blood pact so like he would have if he could have but he just couldn't shrug like yeah that actually and then
0: like to the next point of the blood pact when it broke like it made no sense so stupid. I, I also took notes in my theater because first of all my screen brightness is never above zero um mm-hmm. it personally hurts my eyes to look at anything brighter than like um a black room so my screen is not bright and I had it in between my legs and there was no one within five seats on either side of me. And I was in the top row. So I was like, I got to take notes. It's for the pod. Totally fine. (laughs) But I was getting so angry about that because it's like, okay, so now we're just like doubling down on the like Dumbledore relies on protective magic circle back that no one else would have known existed because him and Aberforth both sent a spell at the same time. So it stopped the killing spell. So, Basically, that retcons that, like, Harry isn't really the first person to survive it because, theoretically, there's no shield spell against, like, the killing spell. Uh. It's a bit of a stretch, yeah. I know. I'm just well, mad about it. It's a bit it. of a
1: stretch just because the the killing spell did not hit Credence and because it was, like, nonverbal. So, like, it was one of those newfangled nonverbal killing spells, but not necessarily that I could ever, I don't know. This whole movie, I hate everything. It's fine.
0: No, I know. But I'm just saying if this was, which the intention was clearly, like, he was going to kill Credence. Mm-hmm. and the the unforgivable curses theoretically like there's no way to shield against them except like not getting hit by them and it was bound straight for him and they used two other they used two spells to block it which theoretically there aren't spells that block it you just have to miss the spell mm-hmm. so like i it all just seems like yeah it's a stretch for me to be this angry about this aspect about it but it's like a stretch for them to decide that that's how they're going to save it is using protective magic again Mm-hmm
1: hmm That's good. That's good. Um, uh, Justice for Bunty. I, like, they made me like Bunty and want Newt to love Bunty much more than I've ever cared about Newt and Tina. Which, like, admittedly, I kind of like Newt and Tina. I kind of liked their whole shtick in the second movie where they were, like, dancing around each other and he, he wanted to tell her that she had salamander eyes, but then Jacob's like, you can't tell a girl that that's not a compliment. But then Tina really liked it. Like, that whole thing was cute. So, like, I'm not not on board with Newton Tina, but, like, somebody love Bunty, please. Right. I I mean, I don't know. I didn't have
0: thoughts about Bunty because I didn't realize that she was a character we'd fucking met before until I read your notes after the
1: movie. <laughs> um, also, regarding Bunty, she clearly asked the leather worker to make six cases. Half a dozen. There would be, which means there would be seven total cases. But in the end, there are only five. So, like, where are the other two cases? Like, how is J.K. Rowling this bad at fucking math? Well, it's just continuity.
0: Like, someone else read this script. Multiple people read this script. And she asked for half a dozen cases and only seven are made. Or only, yeah, only five are there. And I don't for a second believe that this is going to come back. Because for fuck's sake, they couldn't even bring the human who turns into a snake back at any point as a plot point. (laughs) So they're certainly not yeah. going to do it for some, like,
1: muggle leather cases. No. Th- no, this was just... Like, my. I was expecting the, like, twist for the shell game to be like, oh, there are, like, two other cases somewhere. And, like, one of those has... But, like, there were just five. And Bunty had the one. I don't know. I... Oh, this is bad for my blood pressure, this whole episode. I'm yeah, I mad. already <laughs> finished
0: my beer. And I'm like, do I get another one? Because, like, I am you not do chill get, right now. You do, get a, you do get another one. I'm definitely okay. going to get another White Claw. <laughs> this is i mean there is so much more to go through
1: (laughs) there is like i feel like the end is in sight but like then we're just gonna end up being mad and ranting again anyway no that's the thing i'm
0: just i'm very (sighs) mad about like everything and there are things that you brought up that i don't
1: have that i'm just like this is (sighs) i just um a small thing is that you mentioned and this was a clear this was clarifying something that i was questioning about you mentioned that Grindelwald did get his visions from the from the chillin. Uh, first of all, I kind of have an issue with it because, like, I don't feel like they told us that the chillin could see the future. Just that the chillin could, like, see into people's souls. So, like, why did that give, give, Dum- yeah, give no, Grindelwald it, that it, visions?
0: There is no explanation for that, that it, like, allows him to see the future. But to be fair, he, like, also saw the future... In water, the, and Dumbledore was bomb. like, oh, he has premonitions? So I don't think that he was getting the premonitions from the Chilean. I just think he happened to see one,
1: and the Chilean spilled blood. Okay. Or, like, he was giving- I don't know. But also, at no point could I tell what his visions were showing. Like, I could not see whatever he was seeing in the vision. Like, it was so unclear and, like, abstract. Like, so, like, what was the point of them? Because, like, supposedly you're you're like, oh, no, he can tell that this is going to happen. And then when that happens later, you're like, oh, that's the thing that Grindelwald saw. But the only time that that actually like paid off was because you could in one of them clearly see Jacob's face and him holding his wand. And that was the only one that I could tell what Grindelwald was seeing.
0: There was one where it was like Dumbledore's face. I, again, like, yeah, they were so vague that it basically didn't mean anything, even though I could like tell whose face it was and like one was i think yusuf and that's when he was like we're gonna have a visitor prepare everyone
1: to leave or whatever i it's just like i don't know i don't know it um back back to jacob why why did they make it look like jacob tried to assassinate grindelwald with a wand if muggles can't use wands and jacob and then he couldn't do magic with it and grindelwald was like oh this muggle's trying to kill me like with a wand he can't do magic bro
0: was this all just like a setup for Lally to have the opportunity to do like covert magic in the background? Or whatever? Like, I just don't know. I Ugh. I it none of it none of it makes sense and like <sighs> it is in character for Jacob to go like pick a fucking fight he can't
1: win, but A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um that like Jacob like trying to confront Gwynwald was fine, but like wh- why did anyone believe that he was like give him a like photoshop a gun onto him in the Daily Prophet or whatever. Like make it make it seem well, like he's like, no wands him. are
0: just wizard guns.
1: They they literally are just wizard guns.
0: <laughs> Liz and have not seared us wrong.
1: <laughs> they, they, nor will they ever. Another fun thing about Grindelwald is that they gave him a whole new symbol, even though like the Deadly Hallow symbol is canonically his symbol, and like Crumb talked about how it was like basically the wizard swastika. And I saw a Reddit post, I think, or, like, a Tumblr post or something, where someone was speculating that since so many, like, Harry Potter fans have Deathly Hallows tattoos, they were like, we can't actually make this a wizard swastika because too many people have it tattooed on their body. Okay, so on one hand, I feel like,
0: yeah, correct. On the other hand, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it actually was the wizard swastika all along, and so... Um people knew this. It's just unfortunate that it also gets roped into being like the Deathly Hallows symbol. Like the dual use of that symbol worked very well in the original universe in that it actually means something. But when yeah, you can't go back and like retcon this. I, I don't know. Well I and just... also
1: why are we not talking about the Deathly Hallows at all? Because Grindelwald has the Elder Wand. I don't know if you know just he just I did notice, but he just doesn't care about the other ones. No, because I, I don't, I I
0: guess Grindelwald's thing is not the same as Voldemort's thing and that he wanted to be, like, the master of death. He just wanted to have, like, the all-powerful wand. And we know that, like, he could have had it. I mean, that's the whole storyline that Voldemort follows back to try and find it. But, like, it, it's just, they've taken so many elements and they don't go together. And when you try to smash them together, it's like when a small child is like working on a puzzle and they're so close, um, but the pieces actually don't go, but they look just enough that they go. And so if you squint at it, you're like, yeah, yeah, that works. That's how we feel about like 90% of the plot points in this movie, especially because I feel like it's covered after Sirius dies that like you can't bring people back to life. You cannot resurrect but mm-hmm. in the scene where Grindelwald, like, resurrects the Chilean, he doesn't appear the, to have the resurrection stone. He's in a pool. Yeah, in the, just in a baby deer Lazarus pit. Good thing that those exist. Well, he needed that water to attack Credence. So, I mean, plot-wise, yeah. it makes sense.
1: Sure, But yeah, sure. like, he
0: doesn't appear to have the resurrection stone, which we know brings back something that wouldn't have fooled everyone. Because you need the resurrection stone to see the person that you've brought back or whatever. And so just
1: like now all of a sudden we can defeat death
0: without yeah, the it, hallows
1: <laughs> yep yeah. yeah apparently a magic lost to time because they locked grendelwald up i guess oh god um, <sighs> yeah uh there was something else i was gonna say but um hilariously just kind of as an aside when i was like going to buy my ticket for this movie i had to scroll like pretty far down my amc app like even though it's a new release, it was not at the top. And it feels pretty funny that just everyone's trying to bury this film. Well, I think that's something that, like, yeah, the
0: end is in sight for us, like, bitching about this specific movie. But the end is not in sight for thoughts on, like, this franchise where it's just... I, Okay, originally we are supposed to get five movies, which I actually wasn't even that excited about in, like, 2015 or whenever they announced this. Because I was like, five movies is a lot of fucking movies.
1: It was always too many, and I think especially it showed in the second one where it was like, so I, I saw someone online that was like, clearly she knows how she wants it to start and how she wants it to end, but she hasn't really planned the plot for the in-between. Like, she just asked for five movies, and then they gave them to her, and so like, now we have Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald. Like, that's just a, a byproduct of there not being a cohesive story outline. Yeah,
0: and that's, I think that's what all of this is indicative of, is that there's there's a start point and an end point, but the middle is so left up to fate, and they've got to fulfill this little, like, contract of five movies, which, frankly, I don't think there should be five movies. I, eh.
1: I would be, I will be somewhat surprised if they make a fourth one, to be honest. I won't be that surprised. I'll be very unsurprised if they cancel the franchise. How about that? Um, yeah it's I just not feel gonna be like super surprising if it continues, but I will not be surprised if it ends. They have pulled so much star power into
0: this, and it's it's bombing because the second one was so freaking bad with everything that's going on. No one wants to be a part of this franchise because, as we already covered, it's not just like the author of these books and this main screenwriter being like a dangerous turf. It's also that like multiple actors involved. In this franchise have had major scandals, have dropped, have been unable to participate for valid personal reasons or because decisions that their personal life led other people to make, i.e. Johnny Depp getting pulled, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: versus the actress that plays Tina deciding not to be as involved. Like, yeah, it just, there's nowhere to go from here. And we're in 1932, and this whole allegory about the war is so heavy handed. Where are we? Go- are we actually going to get into this?
1: Well, and also, isn't it like canonical that Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald in like nineteen forty five? Which again, we know that they don't actually care about years or continuity. But at this point, like the Blood Pact is broken, so it basically means that Dumbledore is going to sit on his ass for, for thirteen, 13 years! years. During
0: while there's like this major war that grindelwald is advocating for
1: so i i do i guess we kind of get back the like dumbledore could have moved but didn't and like maybe that's what he feels guilty for but like at this point that's such a shitty like story decision to let it fester for 13 more years
0: uh, yeah i feel like the main part of the first movie being set in the 20s is like ooh, pretty flapper and not anything to do with like the fact that they're going to have to build a freaking timeline across uh two decades for this i there's just so many issues it's incoherent they should have had five freaking outline scripts on the table before mm-hmm. they went into this it, and frankly it's just not interesting anymore like it we're really talking isn't. about this out of a weird sense of obligation for a fandom we were part of for multiple decades. Like,
1: yeah, I think if there is a fourth movie, two things. Re- First of all, I think that they should just recast Grindelwald again. I think they should just have a different Grindelwald in every movie. I mean, to be fair, insist on keeping going with this. I really liked the way Mad's portrayed Grindelwald. Mads but. was great. This is not a knock on Mads. I just think it would be funnier to just keep recasting him.
0: Well, yeah, because point. this we're at our third Grindelwald on the third movie. So yes, give him a new
1: face. Do mm-hmm. it. Mads was Mads was good, though. The other thing that I think will happen, my prediction, if there is a fourth movie, based on the fact that basically the only redeeming qualities of this movie and like the films in general are that Jacob is so funny. I love him so much. Um, his little, his little quips and cracks and he's just being a little fish out of water guy. Great. So I think there's, if there's a fourth movie, it's just going to be 85% Jacob cracking jokes because that's the only way to get someone to like this movie. I would watch a Jacob spinoff. I would watch, I would probably watch five Jacob Kowalski spinoffs. Easily. Easily. And like have, have Newt pop in. Okay. Yeah. Have Newt make a little appearance. But it's not about him. Just give Jacob a, a movie about his little bakery. Talk about him, like, struggling through the through the Great Depression and, like, Ooh. coming back up and Queenie can be around being cute now that they're back in love yes. and Newt fun pop in occasionally. Fun idea.
0: The entire franchise is now just the follies of wizards visiting, cl- uh, like, Jacob's pastry shop and, like, telling him things that he does not understand and him having to just, like, go with it and try and figure out what they need or want.
1: That is genuinely a really good idea, and I would watch. It's a the sitcom. It. Oh, TM TM, wa- TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Bailey's idea. If this happens, Bailey gets money for it. Um, <laughs> I agree. I think it would be very charming. Give him all the things.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean,
1: Jacob is like
0: the bright spot in these movies. That is hard to be argued with. There's so many bad parts. We have covered them extensively. There are like a few things that were fun about it. As I said, it was better than the second movie, which is a low bar, but yeah, still it still means improvement.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um really the last thing specifically that I want to talk about, it kind of circles back to what I mentioned at the very beginning of when we started recording this about like the the decline and like the destruction of the fandom. Is that like the people who still participate in the fandom and the people who still want this franchise to succeed are so desperate to make this like a an iconic gay love story between Grindelwald and Dumbledore and I just because I was like, I clicked on a BuzzFeed link that was like reactions to Fantastic Beasts. And a bunch of them were about like the scene where they duel to a stalemate and end up with their hands on each other's hearts and being like, this was so powerful. And I'm like, eh. felt like, so
0: cheesy. I gagged on my French fries.
1: To be honest, like, that's the one part that I was like, OK, that one's like fine. But it was certainly not whatever all these people on Twitter are trying to make it out to be. And like, again, I've, I've made the point, Bailey's backed up the point, them saying a bunch of times that they have loved each other is not the same as like developing a love story.
0: No, it's not. There was another fucking news story about this movie. And I remember something popped up on my like Reddit home feed from R slash Harry Potter about like, Oh, this happened. And there were so many comments that were like, I don't care what other people have to say. I'm going to go see this. Like this is important to me that this franchise happens. And I'm like, Why? Why? Can you explain this to me? And people would ask that. And basically the response was like a super combative, like, oh, it's just like, how can it not be important to you? Why can't you just let people like what they like? And it's like, well, this is, this is harmful rhetoric from like the author who continues to push it. And in the same vein Mm -hmm. of like, um, the new video game with the, all that, like, it is directly demonstrably harmful, and, like, by refusing to acknowledge that, you're putting your enjoyment over other people's safety, and it's really fucking frustrating. And I know that we paid to go see this movie, and so we don't have a ton of room to talk, but, like, at least there's one little part of me that's like, well, shit, at least we're not out here, like, advocating that people should support JKR.
1: hmm Yeah, I definitely felt conflicted about, like, paying money, like I said earlier, to see the film. I do think, for the most part, I feel kind of the same way I do about, like, climate change and, like, other sustainable practices, where it's, like, making a decision one time personally is, like, not the same as, like, corporations needing to, like, limit their CO2 emissions, right? Like, us going to see a movie one time and also advocating quite strenuously for other people to not see it, is not quite the same as, like, if Warner Brothers keeps giving J.K. Rowling movies, you know? I don't feel great about it, but I don't, like, I don't think that we're the problem here, necessarily. This is
0: the same thing as, like, when they're like, use your reusable shopping bag, but the fucking pallet of shipment comes in plastic wrapped with each individual shipment item wrapped in a bag of plastic, and each set mm-hmm. of ten is... In like, another thing of plastic. Like, Katie, I know you worked retail for a long time. I worked retail for enough years to know that, like, the insane amount of plastic produced by one single store, you couldn't produce in a year as an individual consumer. Um, So, yeah, it's just, like, the drop in the bucket. Like, we should all do what we can to minimize. Obviously, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying, like, go get plastic straws and just, like, throw them in the street. Like, don't make it rain plastic straws. And don't go see fucking Secrets of Dumbledore 25 times with all your friends. But, like, Mm -hmm. there is no way to completely remove yourself from problematic situations. And I understand that. And that's a, a very fucking shitty argument that a lot of people use to say that, like, they can like what they like. But on the other hand, it's also the same thing that, like, you cannot, like, completely cover yourself in guilt for something that mm-hmm. you don't have the impact on.
1: Yeah, I like I agree. I again, I don't feel great about paying for it, but I I don't feel like you and I going to see it so that we can talk about it is like the greater problem with everything that's happening with JK Rowling and the franchise.
0: No, I I don't think so either. So, I think in conclusion, this movie is just as fucking terrible as the first couple truly And you should not go see
1: it. No, and you should always listen to us because... We're right. And we should say it. Pour yourself a glass of
0: wine. Let's start reading in between the lines. Never know what we might find yet could be magic oh 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 oh, 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 oh. Pros-tinted glasses. Pros-tinted glasses is hosted by myself Bailey Utrecht and Katie Phillips Our theme song is by Anna Voss. Find her and follow on Spotify. And our logo is by Baby Truth Collections. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would help us so much. See you next time.